Hey everyone, welcome to episode 140, Kick the Dog Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. I swear, these titles completely cracked me up. And how are we on episode 140? Doesn't even make sense. So a lot of you come to me and I want to help. And so I try to think of all the ways to help and give a message in a bite-sized pieces that makes sense and helps you become more aware of your side of the street. Because when you are aware, then you can make changes. So you're aware and then you share. Oh, I just made a rhyme. So a lot of moms and dads come to me and they're like, I just lose my mind. I see red. I make a mountain out of a molehill. I get freaked out about little things. They are doing their cursive and they're not doing their G properly. And I flip the lid. The reaction doesn't fit the situation, so to speak, is what I hear so much of. And I know because remember, I'm not just the hair club president. I'm also a client. Remember that commercial where the bald guy's like, he shows a picture of him all bald. He's like, I'm not just president of the hair club for men. I'm also a client. And then there's a picture of him. He's like got a full head of hair. He's standing there telling you that. And then he holds a picture of him completely bald. You're like, whoa. So just know that I'm right there with you. So I don't know if you've heard the term. It's pretty popular in our neck of the woods, but I know this podcast reaches all over the globe, which is so mind blowing to me. But we have a saying called, you're kicking the dog. I guess there's also a saying called kick the cat. And so kicking the dog, of course, it's an idiom, which is like a made up thing. And Grady, who's Mr. Concrete and Mr. Literal, I always call him Mr. Magoo's brother. And I have a little Miss Magoo in me too, so I know where he gets it, but I call him Mr. Magoo's brother. And so he always says things that I'm just like the literal. He'll say, oh, let's go to, let's go axe throwing today. I'm like, ah, let's not say we did. Axes make me a little nervous. And he's like, mommy, that's lying. If you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. So he's very literal. And I could give you 17,000 more examples like that. Like he doesn't understand that why people say you're fired if you get fired from a job and there's no fire involved. He also, the other day says, you know, why do people say I'm going to hit the books and you're not actually punching the books? And so when he was little, we had a lot of stories when it comes to that. So it's not a literal term. It's a figurative term and it's an idiom. According to the Urban Dictionary, kicking the dog, for those of you who don't know, means they say when someone in power over you forces something upon you, And you in turn force something on someone under you. Like when parents punish you, then you turn around and beat on your little brother. I don't like the word beat on, but that's what it says. Sammy beat up Timmy because his parents took away the Xbox. He's just kicking the dog. So when we are aware that this is usually why we're doing this, this is really good news. And we can kind of take our kids out of the line of fire. So a lot of parents ask me, why do I lose it? Why do I lose it when they do something very small? And I will help you realize why you do it. And then when you realize why you do it, you can make changes if you want to. But you don't have to because we live in a free world. So you don't have to do anything. You can keep doing the same thing day in and day out. And no one can stop you because you're a grown adult, stepped into emotional adulthood, and you get to make the rules. Now, a lot of times the reason why we want to make change is because we don't like the way that we're acting makes us feel afterwards. It's not usually during because during there's a little bit of release of 
adrenaline and there's a release of cortisol and it feels good sometimes to yell. That's why we teach our kids to yell into a pillow. So yelling isn't like this ultimate awful thing. We just sometimes, a lot of times, all the time, feel guilty afterwards because the people that we did it to, we love the most. So that's what's so confusing to our brain. It's like, I love these little humans and I love my spouse. Why am I yelling at them? I've been yelled at before, so I know how awful it feels. This is your inner dialogue. So why would I choose to yell at the people within my four walls? I will explain today why. Because awareness is key. When you're aware, then you can share. And you can keep doing it or you can stop doing it because you're aware of why you're doing it. You're getting to the root cause. When you get to the root cause, it's kind of like a child who has a rash. You don't just say, oh, we're going to put cortisone on this rash all the time. Let's just do, behavior is always a language. And we look at our children and their behavior is always a language to us. Our behavior towards our children and our spouse and the people that we're most vulnerable with is also a language to ourselves. That's really good to know. So it's like a child or a baby who has a rash and we just keep treating it with Dove cream and cortisone and all the things that the doctor prescribe or over the counter. The rash will probably go away, but it's going to come back if we don't get to the root cause. That's why it's hard to curb the yelling unless you get to the root cause. What's the story behind the yelling? It's like, what's the words behind the lyrics in the song? There's always more to it. Now, I don't want you to spend your whole life stuck in psychoanalyzing it all. But when you spend those moments with yourself, the answers will come up and it's different for everyone. So kicking the dog is usually why it's happening. It usually has nothing to do with your kids if you're yelling at them and you want to stop. So I asked you the other day on Facebook, loosely tell me something that made you mad today. I use the mad emoji because the mad emoji is very symbolic because it could be something that's just frustrating. It's making you feel overwhelmed. It's making you sad so that it brings out a lot of anger. And there are literally so many comments here and I am mad for you and with you. I'm hearing these things going, yes, that's, a, that's so, I feel you. I feel you, girl. I feel you, dude. And so some examples, because I can't read them all, were things like being short-staffed at work, being lied to by a company, drivers who are not courteous, Florida Power and Light and their underhanded methods, my daughter spending $80 on Amazon apps. Someone else said teenagers, $14 for flat water at a restaurant. I said our corrupt school boards. That was me, very frustrated. Could literally scream at a wall about that because that's what most people are feeling like right now with their school boards, if yours is anything like ours. Someone else was upset because the VA is cutting programs that is affecting their family and a school failing and to do what's best for her child. My husband just decided to take my kid's phone at 8 p.m. now instead of nine. No discussion, just did it. We're just both wondering the new rule. I bet that is frustrating, Lisa. Story says not being able to see my mom or be with her or help her when she's upset and in pain and in the hospital. Like, bro, I can't even handle some of these. I was literally like my blood was boiling reading some of these. The nurse is at the rehab facility that my mom is currently at. No help to the patients at all. Traffic, waking up at 4.20 a.m. to catch a flight. Husband, I spent three hours drawing on the computer for a program I'm working on and suddenly the program shut down and I couldn't find the document. Had to start all over again, grr. When someone changes the subject to avoid what needs to be discussed because they don't want to deal with hearing the truth. Hello, I feel you girls, I feel you dudes. So we can obviously see that when we go through our life, there's no time where we're going to go through our life and it's just going to be, we're riding on rainbows sliding them down. Now, of course, we can do perspective shifting. We can do my management. But a lot of times life is very hard, especially it's like the more grown up you are, it's like, how is being a person so hard all of a sudden? It used to be so easy because it was based on the age and stage that we were. 
Seven years old was very easy and it should be easy for our seven-year-olds. So why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this because when you go throughout your day, let's just assume you're not with your kids for the six hours that they're in school. If they're younger, you're probably with them a lot more than the six hours that they're gone for school or five hours or maybe you homeschool or the different dynamics. Now, usually things are gonna happen when you're with them or you're not with them separate from them that make you upset based on a litany of things that I just listed. It could be FPL. It could be your school boards. It could be your dog's really sick and you're stressed out about that. It could be you had an argument with your spouse. It could be a demanding boss. It could be working on something for hours and then losing it on your computer system. These things, no matter what life you live, no matter what mindset you have, no matter what, they're gonna happen to you. And they're the 50% of life that we talk about that just, it hurts, it's painful, it's annoying, it's frustrating. It's the ick of life. It's the meh. We all have it. Now, if you look on Facebook and Instagram, people don't show their meh because they're trying to lift other people up. A lot of times when you're feeling in the dump, down in the dumps, you post things or share things to lift yourself up and also lift other people up because we rise in lifting others. So it helps you when you're helping other people. I get that. And I just want you to remember that when you're looking at social media or whatever you're looking at that you're using as evidence against yourself that something's wrong with you. I can assure you there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your kids. The reason why we react the way we react when we overreact has nothing to do with our kids. It has to do with that they are a dog to kick, so to speak, because those situations happen. They're frustrating. They make you angry. They make you annoyed. I mean, sometimes I just like, wow, I feel annoyed a lot. Sometimes I bring it on myself. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, this is not supposed to be happening. Clearly, this is not supposed to be happening. So I live in the feeling of annoyed and then... What happens is when you are feeling annoyed, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling overwhelmed, you're like that bottle of LaCroix or that can of Diet Coke or that Mountain Dew or whatever that seltzer drink that you're thinking about. And every time those things happen with FPL, with your boss, with the computer program, it's like you get a little shaken up. It shakes up your certainty of life because we all think we are crystal ball readers. We all think we're psychic and we all think we can predict the future, me included, remember. Hair club president, also a client. So when things go awry, we're actually always surprised, even though they continue to go awry. It boggles my mind when things go awry and I'm still surprised. I'm like, wait a minute. And I start arguing with reality and I'm frustrated that things didn't go a certain way. Or I'm frustrated as a school board member or a mayor or someone in another car. So when you this stuff happens to you, you are shaken up a little bit. It kind of kicks you off your axis a little bit. You're like, I could have peace if everybody else would just fall in line and do what they're supposed to. Believe me, I'm on board with that plan. It doesn't happen. So what happens is something at work happens, a car breaks down, a machine you've been working on breaks down, you are a victim of a crime, your dog is sick, you fight with your spouse. When these things happen, you build up frustration, you build up tension in your body, like a soda bottle. And so because it's usually someone outside of our control or someone that we can, like let's say it's your boss, they are quote unquote above you. So you're not gonna let loose on your boss and let him or her have it, even though it would feel so good to do it, but you know the consequences will be probably worse off than whatever occurred. If you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and you weren't speeding, you're probably not gonna go off on the police officer even though you weren't speeding or maybe you were speeding, you're just mad at yourself for speeding. Do you see how that builds up tension, 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 tension? You can't release that tension. It's almost like a tight wire. You're feeling tense. You're feeling stress. This is part of the human experience. We all feel it. Our kids feel it. And so then when our kids do something, 
rather innocent. They're just kids being kids. Not that we don't need to intervene and address it and fix it and do all the stuff that we've been talking about. But we lose our ever-loving mind because we've been pushed and pushed and pushed and stressed and stressed and stressed and shook up and shook up and shook up. And we have no release for it. And then here comes a little kid and he's coming to show you his picture and he's holding a marker in his hand. And as he's walking, he just drags it along the wall because he's not being careful because no four-year-old is careful. They will become careful in time, but at four, not usually careful. Or sometimes they're too careful and they're scared of their own shadow. So we find the balance there. But the reason why we explode about the marker hitting the wall is not about the marker hitting the wall. How do we know that? Because if it was my kids doing it in your house, you'd be like, oh my goodness, that's such a bummer. Let me get my magic eraser. You'd still be upset about it, but you're not going to lose it on my kids because they don't belong to you. But when it's our kids, we think they're somehow representing us and we are looking for that release. We're looking for that outlet. We're looking to get rid of that energy that's bound up in us, completely normal. And then we do that to our children because they are literally, there's no repercussions for it. They might fight back, but they're little and they're harmless, but they're fighting back. And it feels good to offset some of that tension onto someone else. Even though they are innocent in all of it, we have to acknowledge that it feels good to do that when it happens in the moment. But then afterwards, afterwards is when we beat ourselves up. I shouldn't have done that. I overreacted. Or we justify like, oh, well, if they wouldn't have done that with the marker, then I wouldn't have had to do the blah, 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 blah. And then we realize over time, this is not how I want to show up. So all this to say... The experiences with the computer program and the police pulling you over and the school boards and the mayors and the frustrations and the FPLs and the things are going to happen. When you're conscious about that tension building up, I want you to choose another outlet that's a bit healthier and not using our kids as the dog to kick because then what we teach our kids to do is to kick the dog when they're feeling frustrated. So when they get in the car and they've had all those different experiences, it might not be a computer program going down, but it's something different for their age and their stage. Someone didn't want to sit with them at lunch that they thought it was their best friend. They didn't understand a concept in math and everybody else seemed to get it and they were afraid to raise their hand. They have a lot of homework. They have a lot of after-school activities. They're stressed out because grandma's sick. They're stressed out because they don't feel like their teacher likes them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just want you to plug and play into your scenario of what is going on in your kids. So then when they get in the car, sometimes they try to kick the dog and it's you that's the dog to kick. So you can acknowledge that instead of kicking them right back, so to speak. You can understand that it has nothing to do with you. Just like when you're kicking the dog with your kids, sometimes it's your spouse, it has nothing to do with them. And when you're aware of this, that's where you get your true power because you're aware of it and you're going to offset some of that tension and get rid of some of that tension in a more positive way that has nothing to do with your kids as being the innocent victims of the dog to kick, so to speak. It might be through exercise. It might be talking to a friend. It might be talking to your spouse. It might be talking to a journal. It might be just voxing thoughts to yourself, decompressing in the car, going for a long run, going to kickboxing, talking to your kids and letting them know that the stuff that went on and how frustrated you felt so they can see you as a normal human being too. These are ways to offset some of that tension and it's almost like a balloon that's about to pop and you're letting some of the air out in other ways that have nothing to do with your kids. So then when the marker on the wall happens or the tantrum happens or the spaghetti falls on the floor or whatever it is, the balloon isn't wound up so tight 
that it's about to pop and lose it any single minute because you're aware of it and you're letting air out slowly but surely to make sure that when you're with your kids, you know that they're not an innocent victim as a dog to kick because you know the feeling that comes afterwards, that shame and guilt spiral that happens afterwards. None of it is ever worth it. So when you're aware and you're conscious about it, you're not using them as a pawn to offset the stress in your life that has nothing to do with them. So being aware of this, that they are not a dog to kick, because what we teach them when we use them as a pawn to offset our stress, they will find other people to use as a pawn to offset their stress because they don't know how to manage their stress. Sometimes we don't either, and that's okay. And I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I'm saying it in a way that makes it come through loud and clear that our kids have nothing to do with it when we're losing our minds and we're seeing red and we can't even see straight. It has nothing to do with them. A lot of times also, if you didn't have a lot of power or certainty or control as a child when you were growing up in your four walls, you felt repressed, repressed, repressed. You stuffed it, you stuffed it, you stuffed it, you stuffed it, you stuffed it. You even stuff it with your spouse. You stuff it at work. You stuff and you, you were taught to stuff. You were taught to withdraw. That was the what you were taught as your coping mechanism when things got stressful. So then when you will feel this as an adult, you finally feel like, oh, I can finally offset and I can finally become like a volcano, so to speak, on these kids because I can finally garner some control. Then when they start to push back, then you're like, wait a minute. And that's when you lose your mind. Not because they're pushing back, but they're pretty much saying like, no, 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 no. I'm not a dog for you to kick. I'm not going to do this. They're making boundaries as a three-year-old. So they're not strong-willed and stubborn. They know their own throbbing spirit. So they're setting boundaries and they don't even know that they're setting boundaries. They're letting you know, this is not okay. Please stop. I don't like that. So when we're aware of this, we can settle our stress outside of them and deal with our inner child wounds separate for them, but not through them, using them as a pawn to heal our old wounds in current time and manage our stress because that's not their job. Their job is to be their age. And our job is to get out of their way and let them be their age. And when you're aware, then you can share outside of your child, not through your child. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.